Welcome back to the proletariat, Lariat. Um, I missed last week's episode. I'm Maria, and I am running back into this show, grabbing the mic right away, um, kicking this off. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's go around in the thing. I'm Maria from LA. Um, Zach. I'm Zach from Pittsburgh, DSA. I'm recovering from COVID currently. It's uh, not that bad, but you know. Hoisted by my own petard because the last rampage I was touching a bunch of comrades from California and I was bringing up, oh, I've been wearing a cloth mask this whole time and like they said, you should probably be wearing a better mask and <laughs> this is what happens but I'm fine, I'm just had five day protocol from work telling me I can't go out to um, go to work so I should be ready to go back to work Monday and I hope I sound okay. We also have CV here. Hey everybody, I'm uh, CB from San Diego, um, and I'm doing okay this week too. We're all just <laughs> hanging in there by our short hairs, as one might say. The vibes are only okay. Um, DQ? Hi everyone, I'm DQ from Los Angeles as well. Um, I'm doing okay. I just smoked a, um, a CBD joint, so... Should be clear-minded for this one or whatever it's supposed to do. I'm glad we live in a legal state and I smoke so much CBD because I have so much anxiety. It's the only thing that gets me through the day. Uh. Oh, we should say Austin's not with us. Oh, yeah, Austin. we, this. we miss you. We're missing yeah. our number five, Austin, who is stuck in meetings all day, as every MPCer probably is. The life of a DSA member. Meetings on meetings on meetings. For real. <laughs> I think the biggest news this week, probably in wrestling, is obviously Cody Rhodes. Um, I personally, I think we should just get it out of the way at the start. I think it's a work. I saw Dustin, like, did you ever see Dustin's tweets today? He was like, "No." join the AEW train kids. We are ever growing and making big moves. Plus, you get to see me as well as so many up and coming superstars that are coming in to their own. Everything is a process. <laughs> and he hashtags it, I'm with AEW. It's like, full, all in for the company right now. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, that's that's wild, because like, Amanda Huber like, tweeted a couple days ago that it, it's not a work. Uh, you know, this is obviously happening. It's okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I uh, you know, if Cody wants to get his bag, more power to him. Um, I don't understand that the hate that the crowd of AEW or the fans of AEW have for Brandy Rhodes at all. Um, I feel like every time she like talks, she just gets booed. Uh, I have no idea if that's uh, misogynar or what. Um, maybe people that have watched it longer can tell me. Maybe Zach or DQ. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I feel like Brandy had like go away heat. Um, like, uh, I think it might. It was. It seemed more to me always like uh, kind of like the the management, you know, being associated as like a. Well, she wasn't like EVP, but something like branch or brand. She was CBO, C- Chief just, Brand Officer. And like inserting herself, like you know, she tried to have like the wrestling career. I think fans just sniffed that out. 
And probably, yes, more hostile to her than Cody because yeah, she's a woman, more li most likely. But I, I do hope that this is not a work. Uh, I feel like Cody belongs in WWE. I This whole thing, like, uh, his checklist as soon as he le uh, left WWE about going to PWG and going to Ring of Honor. He just kind of stopped along these places and mm, I don't know if he ever really thoughtfully engaged with a lot of them and just ended up in this EVP role and quickly got himself into this weird situation where he could never challenge for the world title again. I don't know. I think there's a fan, there's a reason like the fans started sniffing this dude out, like, and you know, started booing him. It was not really, uh, I don't know. I don't think he's really likable. Like in this stage he's in, it's not super likable. Yeah, I would agree with DQ that it's not work. Cause I think it would be really damaging to AEW right now if it was a work because that type of that's like a very volatile. Thing you do with trust in the fan base of just doing a weird Russo, Vince Russo like, oh, it's a work shoot stuff like that. But like, yeah, from what like, like disclosure, like 2020, I didn't watch any wrestling, so I didn't really watch AEW at the time. Like, I watched 2019 when they came to Pittsburgh, but like, from what it seems like, from what I read, like, it seems like Cody early on, he wanted to do the business side of things. And was very like trying to be like build his company up and be like the top manager stuff like that he really was into that like early on aw where it was like the four evps and tony khan was just the money man but uh when COVID started happening uh, you had uh, management like he took over the company and took the booking because it was very disjointed early on aw where it was all these EVPs were just like booking their own stuff and there was no communication so mm. there was some centralization with Tony Khan and eventually like Cody I think just bought into that he was a top guy still and it's like once you get CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole <laughs> it became more of like a small it became like he was not as big as he thought he was and then he just didn't see any difference between WWE and AEW in the terms of like creative freedom or something, mm. so he just said, I want one of these money. <laughs> it's funny, yeah, that's exactly kind of what I was thinking about too, Zach, was like, but for the, almost the opposite direction, I was like, I almost feel like Cody is such a bad fit for WWE right now, given how much creative control he probably wants on his thing, as much as he deserves that bag while he can get it. Um, mm. I just feel like I can see him getting frustrated, but maybe I'm like projecting. <laughs> Yeah, so just to recap, I have myself as it's a work, um, Maria as a work, and DQ is not a work. Is that right? I hope it's not. I hope okay. it's not, but I think it is. <laughs> That'd be you wild. Pick one. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, like, we are discounting the fact that Cody Rhodes kind of has a. <laughs> Arrogant, like he has an ego to him, and like I think he knows WWE in a way that like Vince loves people who spite him and leave him. Like he wanted to prove himself. That's kind of why he left WWE because he was going nowhere. So he left, and just like he thinks he's proven himself that it'll give him some book. Like he's, he, I mean, there's some sorts of 
good thing to have confidence in yourself in that play, but sometimes you just still, at the end of the day, realize you're being a mark of yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Totally. Um, I was going to say, let's see if this works. It's the <laughs> WWE death knell moment of the week. Um, so, like, all these all these people don't get paid, right? And they, sorry, it's so cornball, but I thought you'd love it. Um <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. I gotta admit. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just wrap up at this high point? <laughs> yeah, this is it, guys. This is the podcast is over. We can't top this. Yeah, <laughs> fade to black. Like, so they they laid off all these people in the middle of pandemic, and so apparently Cody's gonna make four or five million right a year. Maybe that's not real, but that's such a, such a fucked up thing. So this week, um. A bunch of people got a bunch of bonuses and shares as well. So not only Cody, but apparently Vince took in like almost two and a half million. Kevin done over a million. Stephanie McMahon and Triple H almost a million each. Like, and they're paying this dude this much. And like laid off, like, obviously this is like business as usual for like a company that makes this much money. But it's also indicative that, like, what is Cody going to do here? Like, realistically, like, Roman's their guy. Like, and they're kind of in that weird position where they can't come in and have Cody just win the title, right? Because that would say, like, oh, an AEW wrestler is better than WWE. Because they didn't create this version of Cody at all. They created Stardust (laughs) and, like, you know, whatever the hell else he was toiling as, like, I don't know. I, th- I feel like this is a lot of cashing out before the sell to Disney. It just seems like that's, yeah. Yeah, the sale to Disney so that they can put a, uh, a wrestling <laughs> arena inside their uh, company town where they want the peasants to live. Uh, that came out in the news, too. <laughs> I'm about to become a Disney adult then. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> On to better wrestling, though, since that was <laughs> <laughs> such a bummer. Um, how was Rampage last week? I missed that, too. I missed everything last week. Was it just me and you, CB, on watching Rampage? Or was it... I, uh, I was lost it. meaning to me. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it was just us watching Rampage, as usual. Um, and, but my problem right now is, is that I've been in a lot of pain this week. Uh-huh. So I remember nothing. <laughs> Any oh, highlights, so, uh, Yeah, I have the 4.11. Just the full disclosure, give proper credit to where I'm sourcing my credits is going on the 4.11 Mania website. Um, yeah, just... It opened... I can just do the matches. Like, it opens with Young Bucks for Surpongi Vice. Um, if if you watch New Japan, you that match should sound familiar to a lot of people. They've done that tag match a million times. It was Tremperetta, Rocky Romero versus the Young Bucks. So it's solid, good match. Like, nothing too mind-blowing. Uh, they did the uh, Meltzer Driver, which is always a fun finisher. But they finished, I think, with the BTE trigger. Um, yeah, just a little side note. I just remember when we brought up the Meltzer Driver. I remember I was looking for my old phone from videos from ROH shows. I still remember the one show in Pittsburgh uh, where the Young Bucks were, and it was right at the time they debuted the Meltzer Driver and got five-star matches. So they had the tights with 
Dave Meltzer's face all over him. There was just Dave, was just million Dave Meltzers <laughs> on his on your tights. <laughs> when the butts um, are cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, uh, you had Jay White show up and beat Trent Beretta, which obviously will set up for uh, Dynamite. Uh, no Rampage this week, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a promo. Brian Danielson's bringing up the CM Punk Moxley match. He says he doesn't care about CM Punk tag with Moxley, but like he's just like wanting to prepare for whoever promo he's, uh, he's going to do for Moxley to get him to join him. Uh, Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty come out. Uh, Seidel kind of sh- talks like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why you call me a bad teacher? And then Moriarty lays down the challenge. We um, have squash between Britt Baker and Robin Re- Renegade. Just a quick... Uh, squash. Uh, Britt beats up Red and Gig after a match. Uh, then Rosa comes out, and that's where we're going to get the showdown for uh, Mar- um, Mercedes Martinez uh, from the Rosa match. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, this was a crazy promo. I'm sorry, I'm kind of monopolizing the time here. I'm just like the Zach recap. Uh, uh, it was the uh, Chris Statlander, Leah Hirsch. Uh, promo um chris stanler's being the face uh says <laughs> like brings up leah hirsch's like reason why the way you've been acting i'm not surprised your parents abandoned you if you knew leah hirsch she's an orphan <laughs> yeah. uh it was like oh what the i know you're an alien but what the fuck uh, that was kind of really fucked up for someone who's usually mm-hmm. pretty cool <laughs> um yeah, I get the Hook versus uh, Blake Lee squash, like, sh- showcase, I would just say. Um, decent showcase of Hook. Um, and our, our main event is uh, Jurassic Express versus the Gun Club, a.k.a. the Ass Boys. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I should bring up that during the Young Bucks match... Uh, Danhausen did show up. He came out underneath the thing to show help the Rapongi Vice by cursing the Young Bucks. Yeah, there's something that I, I thought of when I was watching that match, now that you uh, mentioned it. But I think that everybody that Danhausen has cursed has actually gone on to win their match. <laughs> so I don't know if his curses are really that all that effective. Uh, so... That's so funny. I didn't realize that. Um, I was just going to say, too, uh, so they're annoying, but I feel like Gun Club are coming into their own here. We don't have to stay super long on this because, you know, it's the fucking Gun Club. But they, um, yeah, they're kind of like filling the role. And I think usually wrestlers I end up thinking are somewhat like cool or at least doing the job well. I start with a little bit of hatred. <laughs> just like, you know, this guy's dad was in wrestling of course they're gonna get a spot but they're like legitimately annoying and not in like x-pac heat or whatever but that's all i want to say i'm not super impressed yet uh gun club <laughs> i was gonna say they could be very nice curses though that dan hasen is putting on people uh, <laughs> yeah. i'm a huge fan i'm cold did lose to orange cassidy though in that when he debuted so it's just a mixed <laughs> sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but uh 
I don't think I realized those that he was cursing people. Maybe I just haven't been. He was told. doing the men talk. He was doing the men talk mind taking thing from Harvey Birdman. <laughs> it's just like the taunt, you know, that you'd press like a weird button when you're playing a video game that yeah. you do and like gain more energy for a second. Okay, yeah. those are curses. I'm with it now. <laughs> Have you seen the, um, the Danhausen versus Psycho Mike? This is taking us way off topic. Sorry. Um, this is great. Uh, the whole match is basically on the premise that like Psycho Mike is actually Psychic Mike and so they battle each other um, through reading each other's minds and such for like 10 minutes uh, it's excellent Sick. that sounds amazing <laughs> it's like it reminds me of the uh, go off, go off topic again is the uh, the match Bryce Harper did from GCW where it was uh, the Invisible Men match there were two invisible wrestlers that Bryce Harper was refereeing and he had to, like really watch the match go like it's that's something we can watch and <laughs> have a good time on but uh yeah uh i would agree with dq on the uh gun club i think they are who are the bat the bullies in the um power rangers uh bulk and skulk i think like yeah. they always have the, yeah, they have, yeah. They, they have like just imagine them coming out to that goofy go- i always like goons like that just like these like <laughs> uber like they're not like top tag teams. I think they have generally improved, so it's kind of good when you hate someone and then you see them actually like improve and prove their metal. So, mm-hmm. but Jurassic Express or Luchasaurus Jungle Boy one. I'm gonna age that, everybody really quick. That was a '90s reference. That yeah. was 30 years ago. <laughs> so that's nearly as old as me. Like very a couple weeks. That'll literally in like 10 days. That'll be. 30 years. That's <laughs> um, probably when the Billy Gunn debuted around that time. No, That's yeah. the hot take, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was uh, Rampage. Good show. <laughs> Would recommend. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of... Um, I think it was kind of a middling show, especially coming off of the one before it with the, the final match between... Um, oh, gosh... Uh, Stark and uh, Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I just felt like the that the final match between Jurassic Express and the, the Gun Club just did not live up to that kind of uh, impact. You know, it didn't draw me in mm-hmm. as well. So Definitely. yeah. Try harder, AW. Yeah. <laughs> That or like you can't always have like those type of amazing like matches. So like, yeah. sometimes you just have a solid show. Did anyone watch anything else last week? That's me kicking it to Zach for uh, enjoy wrestling. Oh yeah, I, uh, I thought you said Dan. Did you watch anything no. last week? I was like, did, yeah, I did. did like, anyone, anyone else? else? I, yeah, I'll say like I watched Enjoy Wrestling. I watched the broad like the YouTube series, which you can we can put in the show notes. Uh, there, this promotion in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's a nice little local indie. They are very it's a very queer friendly wrestling promotion. They have like Chirons. They have the pronouns for their wrestlers. They have an ASL interpreter. Like do the ring announcements when they do the ring announcements. Everyone was wearing a mask. I was at the show sitting next to a PW Torch writer on the balcony. Um, it was it's a really nice venue, Mr. Smalls. Um, <laughs> the uh, first match was a f- four-person tag match. 
was an interdanger match. Um, I can't remember the names of all the participants off the top of my head, but uh, there's some standouts like Ziggy Hyam, who's a really good women's wrestler. She's been in mostly the Pittsburgh indie scene. I think she's been to a GCW show. She had a match with Bill Alfonso. I don't know if, if ECW fans would probably remember that name, Fonzie. She had like a hardcore match with him last year, and he kind of did some crazy spots that was like the old ECW matches where he just beat bleeding, busted open. But uh, hmm. yeah, Veda Scott was the other team. That was the other team. It was like Veda Scott versus uh, Ziggy's team. Um, and the main event for that, because it's only two matches for one show. The main event for that show was, uh, oh, oh, it was Sunny Kiss versus uh, Effie. So it was like a first time meet up between those two. They're both uh, queer wrestlers that like have been trailblazing in the industry, especially the indies. And it was a very good hard hitting match. Sunny won. It was really wild to see F.A. in a match for the first time. I never seen his uh, uh, Beyond the Yellow Brick Road intro, which was really nice. But yeah, it's a solid show. Like if you give it a nice watch, it's like just like an hour. It's like two matches. Like like tonight, there's a the second episodes tonight. We're recording on Thursday. Um, it was. Uh, Two tag matches. It was Violences Forever versus Shokai, which is a really good hard hitting match between two teams I've never really seen before, even though I should. Um, and the next, the main event was Lee Moriarty and PB Smooth versus uh, Shug D and. Uh, oh, what's it called? Like, I oh, God, I feel shitty. I'm remembering his name. He's really good. He's, he has a really cool Black Panther, like. Like legit, like uh, Huey Newton uh, gimmick, where he's like comes out with a beret and does like love that kind of gimmick, and he seems to go by it a lot. Um, oh, I'm gonna have to look this up and get back to you on that. It's not like the WWE Nation of Domination. It's it's more legit like that. It was a, their their tag team was also a tribe called Quetch, uh, a tribe <laughs> called Catch, which was cool. It was uh, just looking up uh, Darius Lockhart. He's a really cool. He, he's like his thing is called "Be a Revolutionary," and it's just like his promos. He does like the actual like Black Panther type style videos of like hmm. propaganda videos done for wrestling promos. So I recommend that. It's a really good comedy match that gets serious and builds their feud between Moriarty and Darius. So that was my enjoy uh, corner. <laughs> I have a question for you, Iceman Zach. Um, <laughs> so, I know that it, you said it's queer friendly, but like, is it rainbow capitalism? Are they? Is it working on queer liberation at all? Like, I they... think uh, they are. I think they're legit. Like, like a lot of the wrestlers are like representing. Like, they get like they work with the community a lot. They are like think they're like they they want to do advertisements like in terms of like trying to get community support for stuff like help out with that like hmm. like it doesn't feel very it doesn't feel rainbow capitalism to me in my sense of it it feels like a legit like their whole thing is wrestling's for everybody it's very like the whole process like wrestling should be enjoyed by everybody and wrestling for a long time is villainized 
queer identity, and I think they are fighting bucking the trend. Really quick editing note: um, we were gonna do the JR uh, natural athlete count starting this That's week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. Did he do that again? Oh yeah, it was Wardlow versus Max Caster. Yeah. I'm gonna highlight that in my. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like when we get to that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From queer friendly over to like a very kinky opening on last night's dynamite we had cm punk start off with his dog collar and suggestions of three ways um i mean i love the cm punk opening i'm a huge mark for cm punk um i think i I just thought that was i thought it was great and i love like i thought it like yeah no i thought the setup was really good um i definitely thought he was gonna get him to a cage match and i feel like he got mjf right in the corner he needed to yeah, it's interesting how um, wrestling will adopt, uh, you know, niche subcultures like BDSM or queerness uh, when it when they want to and otherwise villain it, uh, villainize it, like uh, Zach was saying. Um, so yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts, DQ. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I liked it too. Like this was a this was a time, you know, it wasn't that CM Punk of, from last week, but girls on bald. Like you had this really cool tie-in to like uh, the wannabe Piper uh, thing that MJF thinks he's Piper, who's also like supremely problematic. Um, you know, it's, it's no wonder he aspires to him, honestly. But CM Punk didn't go into any of that. He just like you know, if you want to be Piper, then I'll you know be my Valentine. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I feel like Maria. I agree with me. It was just hitting like a sweet spot uh, promo wise. Yeah, I would say like, and also builds on history of like the dog collar match. I mean, it's like there's the jokes about it being kinky, but like there is a lot of history with it because like Roddy Piper in the 80s was like one of his big feuds was a dog collar match, was a blow off. And CM Punk, his history with the dog collar match, there's like a very known, well known match with him versus Raven like early in his career that like was like one of the big first feuds that made CM Punk in the indies before the Samoa Joe matches was his, uh, at least I think the history. We need Austin to maybe correct that because he was there for that. But like, um, yeah, like, and I think it's kind of funny, like we talked about Cody Rhodes earlier, like how they still referenced Cody during that. That's like the only reference of him, which it's not a work. It's, I mean, that's good. Like, this still reference. I always hate when they kind of like stall and gulag, like erase the picture type history when it's not like really shitty. But, um, yeah, I'm like, it was a really good promo, like 10 minutes long. That's, that's what the feud needed. Like, the, the problem with the feud has been like they go on way too long and they do like really stupid, like toxic masculinity shit. And like, it's, this was a very simple promo. Yeah, a picture of him as a kid. Hmm. Which like makes it all personal and just it's really nice. Yeah, I think Punk doesn't do as well when he's playing like full into the heel in last week. Some of what I saw was like them both trying to be like the most obnoxious one of the pair almost, and it's like this is just terrible like to watch because it just doesn't work at all. So I like seeing him move over a little bit into just more general taunting rather than like trying not to compete with each other. Yeah. It's like 
We cut straight from that one promo over to an, another promo too with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Um, talking about the tag teams coming up. Does anyone, anyone have predictions for those ones? It's two battle royales, I think, right? I think there's not just one, there's two where they, it leads to a three-way to uh, Revolution. Yeah, that that promo felt like the homoerotic subtext of wrestling was not so uh, subtle anymore. It was not subtext. It was on full display, in, you know. Um, so more power to them for saying, especially Jungle Boy for saying he uh, has experience with three ways in wrestling. Uh, that was it was good. I liked the delivery. So. <laughs> Yeah, like it'll be interesting seeing who is gonna challenge, like who's gonna be those teams. I mean, they set up like, I think recently they've really set up like the team tag team showing up, and so it's really organically showing, like giving you an idea of who's gonna be winning what and trying to make you work ahead. We can talk more about that as the show goes on, though. I just want to root for my boys, the Dark Order. <laughs> uh, you know, I tried to join this week. Uh, <laughs> The form is a little uh, t- too much PII for me. You know, it asked for my birth date, my phone number, and my Twitter account. I, uh, you know, it's not a cult, but uh, I just... It's bad opposite. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to give them an anti-doxing training? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like they can use your unique skills. I'm excited for more of Young Bucks as always, so I think that, that'll be interesting as we head into more tag teams. Also, Sorry. Yeah. CD, didn't you also uh, learn about, like, you've been watching the BTE highlights and you were worried, like, you learned about Luchasaurus not just saying animal voices recently? That kind of threw you through a loop. Yeah, I was, uh, I've been watching the old uh, Dark Order bits, uh, and they're usually about half an hour long, and they have other people involved. Uh, and watching Luchasaurus like actually say complete sentences uh, was kind of mind blowing. And then there's a bunch of people that are no longer like active in uh, AEW um, that were just I'm like, who are these people? Um, so it was nice to get a little back history. Uh, I especially like the little uh, party feud that Dark Order had with Private Party. They, you know, Private Party had a private party, so Dark Order had a public party but private party was not invited. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty great. Uh, so th- those little those bits are on YouTube. I think there's 10 volumes for people to watch. And I think you could, like, if you really sat there, you could do it in, like, maybe two or three hours if you have nothing to do. It's, yeah. it's a great time, though. I enjoyed it. Yeah, then we finally got to revisit uh, the Lee Moriarty um, and Brian Danielson situation um Lee Moriarty got crushed um and we had the follow-up to uh Moxley and Moriarty's pairing or not pairing maybe we'll see did anyone have yeah I would, I would say this match I would say it was crushed I would actually disagree I think Brian I mean Lee got more shine than like a solid squash he kind of was able I was really happy that Lee was able to like the crowd is really behind Lee Moriarty. Like someone who's still relative unknown in mainstream, it's just nice seeing audiences being up in for him. And he's doing his like 
World of Sport spots that are like kind of fun, like the uh, headstand, uh, punch each other spot. Like he came out to an MF Doom mask because he knew it was a very special match. He used to bring out the MF Doom mask. Uh, <laughs> uh, he uh, has some new music too. And he brought the violence. He did bring violence, which he said in that promo, I should say. He said, like, he, he showed Danielson something. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he got somewhat of a decent shine. Like, uh, Brian was, of course, probably the best one to bring out of him. But uh, I hope, um, hope like, Lee or anyone else doesn't just become an afterthought, too, in this uh, Danielson and Mox thing. I'm. I'm kind of holding out hope that they end up like doing the stable together honestly like it seems like there will be a match but Brian and I just don't see like full hill territory here and Mox kind of like not answering you know will there or won't they to carry on with the uh, the, lo- the, love- the lovely uh, post Valentine's theme of this show but yeah I mean the more, more Lee uh Brian matches and who else did they say you know bringing up like these younger dudes who can put on these really good matches like I think that was my favorite match of the night even yeah yeah I think it was it was pretty good yeah um oh uh sorry uh the thing I wanted to bring up from the last pro between uh, I think it was Lee Moriarty and Brian Danielson is Brian Danielson made the request the specific request to show me the violence inside you uh so it was very uh it almost felt like he was coming on to him to me but i don't know how anyone else feels about that yeah it's wrestling for you <laughs> the more homoerotic yeah. it is, the more wrestling it is <laughs> yeah do we think um moxley and and Danielson are going to team up in the end, or how do we think this is going to play out? It's got to it's got to play out uh, for it to be like good. I think it's got to play out. I mean, there can be a good feud between them, but Brian said from the beginning like he wants to like build up these younger dudes, platform them, show like a really good longer form matches. So I feel like that's if they detract from that, it's going to. You know, Brian versus Mox. They are, you know, Mox was like, I've never beaten you. It's our first time rest, so we're going to get the match. But, it's like, you know, I want to get to a place where, like, Moriarty's, like, taking that TNT title or something next year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, like, because uh, I think, I mean, this is because, like, they were going to have a match, like, in the end of the year before Moxley had mm-hmm. to, like, step back with his... Uh, recovery and stuff and like he they're gonna have a match i feel like it's gonna lead to that is i think i'm trying to remember the names brand anderson brought up he brought moriarty garst daniel garcia was the other one and there was like a third one another young guy that's like in a team was it jungle boy it might have been jungle boy yeah but yeah i I can go either way of it, and I would probably enjoy it because my bar is low, but I think either way. I mean, the bar is low for me for enjoyment. I like good matches and good stories. I think they have two routes that are good stories. Yeah, I like them taking care of some of these younger people and starting their own faction. 
as well as like still kind of having this undercurrent between them of a little bit of competition and that always kind of holding some tension for them I think is, is going to be good so I always kind of feel like they have to compete I think after I mean the Moxley I mean the Moxley promo was good like <laughs> also like I wish because I it's always so weird getting used to his cadence he has like such a sleazy cadence <laughs> to him he, and he he also just slinks a certain way that just like it's very um what's the word for it like you can't take your eyes off it like he just has a way he's like magnetic personality wise which i like his promo and again i'm excited where it leads up to because like it's crazy like this this show i would just like quick spoiler for the show it's like i thought it was really good like it, it feels like i know what revolution is going to be like in this whole episode and i'm like excited for this build there's so many matches they've set up storylines I don't know if you want to get to the next match with uh, Wardlow versus Max Caster to start a new bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is actually a really good show. I really liked it overall. It was pretty stacked. The pacing was good. Everything like that. But I don't have all that much to say about it either. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes good things are... You know, it's, way, it's way harder to drag out good things. It's way easier to drag out bad things. Yeah. <laughs> This is the the qualifying match for the face of the revolution uh, ladder match. This is another one. Wardlow versus Max Caster. And JR drops one of his JR-isms that we were talking about. And that's when he calls people natural athletes. And I think we're going to chart the continuing use of this because there always seems to be a common denominator when he uses this, and that that, that is that the wrestler is black. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, I think, as we go, and he proves the track record. I almost feel like there's probably a cut of him saying this on YouTube. But um, yeah, that he dropped it on Max. The only the other thing I was going to say about this match was I feel like Hook has beaten better contenders than Wardlow. And yet we have like Ward, you know, not that Max is anything to sneeze at, but like Hook has at least beat like Fuego de Sol. Wardlow, I don't know. They just give him squashes. So as much as I don't like Hook or just don't even know what I'm supposed to be cheering for, like his haircut or whatever, like. I feel like he's probably should be ranked a little higher than Wardlow at this point. I was going to say, when we were talking about this while we were watching the show, I did post in our shout-out to the WrestleSplania Discord, which is where I normally have been watching wrestling, discussing that they brought up. I brought up that point. It's like, does JR say this about a lot of people of color wrestlers? And it's like, it's like yeah, he kind of does. Like, they kind of brought up. And so I, like, also, like, naturally gifted is another one mm-hmm. so it's just very there is like some <laughs> like there's some fire to it and it's like it's not a surprising fire to it the uh but um yeah the match itself i thought was a good like i mean it's they're really trying to turn wardlow into face so he's starting to do more face like matches now he's not doing the heel squash he's got turn from heel squashes to face squashes which is like art of itself a little bit like there's differences in like mm. how one has to overcome the odds of being a face squashing people and like yeah I would say like one other point was like the hook I think his quality of opponents are mostly like 
QT Marshall like goon squad type guys. I mean, he's beaten Fagwas Fagwas well, which was uh, his debut match. But ever since then, he's been mostly facing like dark jobbers, really. So he might not be up in the echelon. He might get a shot. I don't know if they might put him in that ladder match. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> Yeah, um, re- uh, for a long time, uh, wrestling in general has been very racialized. Um, the uh, black wrestlers have always like been caricatures. Uh, this is like, um, you know, on the show Glow, the person's name is Welfare Queen, for example. Uh, and there's a whole episode where her son is like, that's not cool. And then they go back and forth about it. Um, but like you know, Mark Henry, for example, was a big, strong guy. Uh, there was that uh, wrestler who was a pimp. I forget what the his uh, the Godfather. Your Godfather, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's really interesting. It's kind of continuing in uh, in AEW, but to a lesser, more obvious, less ex- obvious extent. Uh, they still have like powerhouse Hobbs, for example. You know the natural athlete Max Caster, um, but they're not characters. Caricatures, for example, uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, and uh, this is an idea that I'm, I'm cooking up with for a bonus episode someday. But I want to talk about the overlap between uh, sex workers and wrestling stars. I think that there's a lot of overlap in terms of uh, racial uh, raci- racism and just putting their bodies out there on the line. So keep an eye out for that bonus content episode. Oh yeah. Right, like, I mean, I think, I think like with WWE, they only even had their first black, like African-American championship like last year, two years ago, maybe now. Like, despite being like natural athletes, like it's like this like (laughs) discrepancy between how they're treated, but is Zach about to correct me? Yeah, like, they like to say, I mean, they always like to say The Rock, but, like, that's kind of a, like, that's, like, something they always say, The Rock was WWE champion. Like, I think Ron Simmons was, like, famously, like, the first, like, mainstream, or not mainstream, like, he was WCW, he beat Vader for it. But Big E Langston, Big E from the New Day, won it last year and he kind of got Rey Mysterio reign if you remember the, when Rey Mysterio won in 26, 2006 where he just jobbed most of it afterwards. Kofi Kingston was the one who won he beat Brian. Yeah. Yeah we did have that really cool um, monster run that uh, Mark Henry did too um, this uh-huh. was probably like 10 years ago now but they just made him so dominant. It was so cool just watching like Randy Orton oh, get like dang. flinged, yeah, flinged off the main event scene, trying to beat this dude. It would just pin him clean with the yeah. that slam he did. That yeah. was a cool run, but the that was also the World Heavyweight Championship too. Oh, yeah. The fact though that we can kind of name these all and not miss a one is uh, yeah, pretty telling. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's the same as kind of like CB was getting at too, like the use of like sex workers or black people, but then not sort of like also the actual like getting their flowers at the same time. Um, The next match was, or 
rather. It was, we had the Adams appear. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's the new tag team. Uh, it's just, or stable, just all Adams. Um, yeah, oops, all Adams. <laughs> it was, it's just something that could never happen in WWE because they're just like, wait, the fans, all the, all these fans are going to get so confused if two people have the same name. And it's like, no, we can see here. It's a cowboy versus like a smart ass, you know. One thing that was like, poor Wheeler Yuta. Like, I hope this dude is making enough money that he's doing okay and he's enjoying his job. Because that dude's even losing on the brand new uh, Adam Cole t-shirt. He's getting <laughs> the fucking knee to the back of the head as the main graphic. Yeah. He's never gonna win. I guess you have to watch like Dark Elevation to see it. But that poor dude, if you just watch yeah. the main shows, it's just like, oh, there he is losing again on the t shirt. Yeah. yeah, watch the Bean Be the Elite segments with him just getting like they watch the matches where he loses the match and they just have Chris Stantler joke choke him out. He's like, why? <laughs> He's like, saying what did i do <laughs> it's just like a funny bit or something like that it's just like um yeah i think cb wanted to say something before i talked <laughs> oh no no you're fine um yeah there was a reference to the the bt uh, bt clips and we brought it up uh, previously um but like adam cole was like where are your dark order friends um and gabe wants to contribute too so everyone say hi to gabe the cat Number six, uh, is Gabe a member of the Dark Order? <laughs> yes, Gabe is a member of the Dark Order. He'll he'll give him all the information uh, they require to join. Um, but as I was saying, like there was references to like you know Adam Adam Hangman Page being uh, you know friends with the Dark Order, but I feel like there was there's no if you don't watch those clips, there's no references to that previously, and anyone that's watching that show is gonna be like. Or anyone new is gonna be like, who's the Dark Order? Why are they friends? So, I, I don't. I feel like sometimes AEW should do like a video reel, like just thirty seconds or something. But yeah, I would say they kind of do before the week, like before the show. They do like a YouTube, like Road to AEW Dynamite, wherever the show's taking place. And I think like. The stuff of Adam Hang like Hangman and Dark Order was kind of a 2020 thing early on where I think they were it was much more clear where his relationships were and then like once the storylines because they had that whole Dark Dark Order collapsing storyline at the end of 2021 and that kind of like made you forget about the stuff of Hangman like where his relationship with that team faction was but uh, in terms of the actual promo I think it's sets up good dynamics with Adam like Cole like trying to like get into Adam, uh, Hangman's pay, like Hangman's head and stuff I, I did like Hangman not turning his back on Adam Cole but unfortunately the uh right dragon was behind him to beat his ass and then Cole did beat him up which was un I kind of wanted to be more ambiguity with that where he was like trying to like say oh, I don't really want to but I think later on it really sets up a good dynamic yeah, one last thing on this. I mean, feel free to sound off after me. But last thing for me was 
didn't it seem like uh, someone like uh, forgot to tell Ten, uh, hey, uh, beat up all these uh, extra security guards who came out for no reason right before you? Like he remembered late, and then they like, oh wait, let's cut back to the ring. It seems that Ten has an issue all of a sudden, and then you find out, oh, he's facing Cole next week, so they had to make him look like a badass. But that dude, I think, totally forgot that spot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, in the in the BTE clips, uh, Ten picks up a, a drug habit, uh, oh, so he's a bit of a wild card. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe that's why he forgot. Let's just go with that. Um, but it's funny they had all these extra security guards uh, for that one match, and then the next match they have the referees come out to separate everybody. It's like, where'd the security go? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. On that next match, we had Chris Jericho and Jake Hager and Santana and Ortiz come back. I thought, it, like, it's interesting. I feel like with Jericho, I feel like every time he shows up back on screen, I'm like, I don't like you. And then I'm like, no, this is going pretty well for him, actually. Like, I feel like every week I feel differently. Like, every time he walks out. I don't know. How are y'all feeling about Zach's in a deep grudge with him. I'm not, yeah, I can explain my feelings. I'm just like tired with Chris Jericho at this point. I mean, I know his use. Like he is like a legend. Like the crowd is into him, and like I think he's just like I just want him to go for six. months. I want him to do like Kenny Omega's right now. Where he, like I just want him to go for like go on a Fozzie tour for six months and become more of a part-time guy that shows up as a special attraction. I feel like. I think the inner circle like ran its course like as I remember seeing one of their first things in 2019 it made sense at the time where he was recruiting all these young wrestlers to form like a faction and take over AEW and like but at the same time it's derailed a lot of like pride and powerful like their storyline is like how they've been like derailed by being Chris Jericho's like backup where they could have been running for the tag titles. And I'm hoping, like, this match leads on to, like, them getting in that three-way, like, winning the, one of the Battle Royals and, like, getting in that freeway and, like, ultimately, hopefully, winning the title later this year. doesn't have to be now, now, as I kind of still want uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus to still have, like, a run or something. But, like, I hope down the line we see, like, the Prime Powerful win. I like them team, like, Eddie Kingston coming back. And then reigniting that feud, like to really like set up for that. I assume that's gonna be the match is Jericho versus Kingston, which I'd love to see Kingston just like backfist Jericho into a six month like break. <laughs> yeah, that's my basically. I just like I think there's been oversaturation of Jericho. It's not like anything big. It's just like, uh. <laughs> hey, you guys teasing? Yeah. Um. I'm going to put myself down as I don't really care about this whole storyline at all. I don't know why Chris Jericho is like tutoring Santana or Ortiz. And I wish I had uh, Austin's enthusiasm because I know he'd be all about Puerto Rico um, right now. And, you know, I, I, I'm shouting you out, Austin. Um, anyway, I just I want to see them go their separate ways because obviously this is not working. It's not connecting with me. I don't, yeah, I just don't care. So you don't like Jericho <laughs> or Santana and Ortiz? Like, none of them are working for you? No, no, no. I, I like Santana and Ortiz. It's just the storyline doesn't 
I don't care about the storyline. I don't care that they're imploding. I don't like. I don't care that they're in a stable. You know. Um, I don't care that they're not going through the conflict resolution process. One might say. So yeah. I'm very like one point like there was like a good like end point for the inner circle like early on like from what like just as I started getting into AEW in mid 2021 there was the pinnacle feud between MJF and Jericho where there was a match a tag big faction tag match like stadium stampede schmoz match which I remember watching was kind of fun but uh the whole thing was if the pinnacle won the inner circle had to disband and I feel like that's a decision Tony Khan like because he was the one who vetoed them because I think they wanted to disband and they didn't do that and it seemed like they kind of just pretended they disbanded after that because you got like that very disjointed uh, American top team feud and then Sammy Guevara has just been doing his own thing and uh, yeah but I kind of want to keep going on so we don't <laughs> spend much on this how are you feeling DQ? Oh, yeah, I think it's pretty telling that none of us mentioned Jake Hager in this review, too. <laughs> Still signed. Sorry, yeah. Jake, you're making enough money. I'm going to say who? <laughs> the weed and... people guy. <laughs> yeah, we had another promo after that with Cole and Young Bucks back on screen. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I call the uh, promo that's like very relatable one middle organizer has two different tendencies to hang out with and those tendencies do not get along and then they start infighting and stuff and it's like you have to be that middle friend and you have to like try to put it together and then ultimately i see it not working you know <laughs> i see i see a split happening a classic split you know <laughs> yeah this i, I... I don't know where Cole's going either, and it's like, does it matter? But I, they need. To, I don't want to punch down on this dude because I feel bad. He's a great wrestler, but Bobby Fish needs a talker around him because I don't know if I've ever heard him cut a promo. Like, I, I worried as soon as they started taking away some of his um, stable mates and the next T that this dude's days were numbered you know it's not like a wwe charisma machine mm -hmm. but you put him in like red dragon with kyle and they're awesome but kyle doesn't really talk either and uh i don't know there's bobby fish i don't i don't know if he just needs more time to shine or if he's just not um the mike mike guy but any anytime you see him he's just kind of like snarling at the camera with that mouthpiece and Hopefully they keep a talker on him so people don't lose interest quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say Kyle does. Kyle has like a good personality. He has like goofy type like personality, but having them with Cole is probably a better plan. And like, I can see the Young Bucks where they're going probably like go hang out with Paige, Hangman Page, and become like like an all elite wolf pack versus. Uh, what was the other one? The classic, basically, black and white like thing with Omega and like Kangman came back together and then maybe because they have Jay White now, who's like another fixture to it. So yeah. Interesting like dynamic I think the dynamics are interesting. They're setting up for that battle royale where they're thinking 
okay, you guys can win or we can win or stuff like that. It's like, I think it's obvious where things are going a little bit. <laughs> yeah, next match was kind of like one of my favorite ones of the night, I think. Maybe after, after the Danielson one. Um, was Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Um, I thought this was pretty good. How are y'all feeling? I see CB's face. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm sad that I missed it. I had to step out for another meeting. Uh, and the fact that you just said those names just like hurt me inside. Because <laughs> uh, the buildup has been awesome. Um, I was really invested. So I'm eager to hear y- y'all's reviews. Yeah. Uh, we. We forgot to mention, like they did, like a there was a promo of Britt Baker and company when the uh, there were some celebrities that appeared on this show. They had Melissa Joan Hart, which I think she's just from Nashville, so like they like okay, that's that's fine. You like you have celebrities show it shows you like oh important like celebrities at a show, mm-hmm. like that's a good way of like boosting your product. But they had the uh, the uh, bad guy from the Karate Kid from Cobra Kai as like being the sensei for. Baker, which I don't know, I, I thought it was cute doing the whole like show no mercy stuff. So it was kind of funny, like which it's kind of a non sequitur, but you know it's. But the uh, match itself, I thought was a really good. It was a pretty short match. It was a decent, like it was like short, brutal match. I think sometimes those matches can like drag on. Sometimes I think they did perfectly paced. Some really gnarly spots, like uh, that table spot was pretty. uh brutal where uh, the table broke in a weird way um, I liked where at, like how it finished and I liked how the aftermath went you know like like I like where it's setting to move again it's moving towards revolution where we're seeing like the end game of these things yeah this was a really good match um, except for Cobra Kai and so <laughs> If we wanted WWE, we would watch WWE. It was so corny because, like, you know, like, yeah, you're right, the Melissa Joan Hart thing. I didn't realize she's from Nashville, so they plugged her podcast, which tells you what women binge or something. It's like a show about, like, what women binge. What? Um, yeah, everyone bookmark it right now. But the, this one was, like, the, the sensei from the Cobra Kai Jojo. I forget his name, like kind of looks like kind of looks like Meltzer really but they uh, um, what's it uh, Britt goes and appeals to him at ringside and he's telling her now finish her and it's just like so in this logic Britt tells Mercedes that right the week before and now he's telling her so is this guy if there's any kind of follow up and continuity is he gonna turn turn on Britt next week is this all about Cobra Kai or it's just a crass commercial? It was just a crass commercial, but yeah. I don't want it. Like yeah. there's enough commercials, you know, actual commercials during the, the commercial breaks that advertise for, um, Cody's, um, whatever reality <laughs> shows he's on where he's like cooking. Or yeah. They go big show and, uh, at home <laughs> with Brandy or something or shot with Brandy. Shopper Andy was good though. I found that was a kind of fun little. That's the other reason it's gotta gotta be at work. Like he has so much tied into like all these networks. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. I would I would say like those shows are probably being canceled though. Like because I think their ratings are pretty bad. <laughs> so like that was like I was hearing that. Like like Roads to the Top did not go to the top of the uh, <laughs> ratings chance. Um, what was the? 
I will say, like, I know it's a crash commercial, but like one of my favorite wrestling episodes of all time is the Muppets uh, WWE Raw. I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen that or clips yes. of that where uh, the Muppets showed up for it was like a 2000s episode. Like it was not that long ago and they had Seamus. It turned out Seamus and Beaker are cousins and it was like one of the, it was a very cute segment. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just a sap for some goofy stuff like that. So like but yeah, like it seems like Mercedes is gonna turn and they're gonna team with Thunder to take on Jamie Hayter and Britt. I mean, that's like that development. There needs to be more faces in that division. There needs to be more women in that division to begin with. I'm hoping the weeks show that rare fruit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just shout out the Native Beast again, Nyla Rose. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm really hoping we see more of her uh, just dominating the division. So. <laughs> yeah. Who we did get? Get away from that. I was just saying, get just get away from Vicky Guerrero. That's all she needs to do, and she'll be so much better. Who we did get last night was Jay White. Jay White came out. Uh, how are we all feeling about that entrance? I like the opening for Kenny Omega too. Yeah, I missed this. Yeah. This is a. I think it was just like a promo, a short promo to hype up the Rampage debut. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Jay White just like showing that AEW only exists because he kicked out Kenny Omega of New Japan Wrestling. And it's just like, <laughs> it's a good like intro promo gimmick. And like, I've fallen off New Japan for so long that I, I knew Jay White when he was ROH, like when he was wearing the white trunks and stuff. So I didn't really see his Bullet Club leader. Yeah, this this I'm I'm kind of surprised if they do a feud with Jay White and Kenny Omega because that that's a big money feud in Japan. Like that's that's potential like Wrestle Kingdom main event level over there, and like to and one of the nights, you know, it'd probably be like Okada and his challenger for like the biggest one. But now that they spread it out over two to three nights, like that's it's just huge with the Bullet Club storyline. And um, I don't know if it's translating to the audience yet. Like Jay doesn't seem, I don't hear them reacting in a way. Maybe, I mean, when they see him wrestle, it's, things will change, but yeah, it, it would be wild if they went to that feud. Even, I think Cole might be different because he wasn't in Japan really that, that often, but I'm excited. Like I hope Jay stays around. Jay's like legit in the top, top 10 in the world. He's been an impact lately. That's where he's been stuck in his impact wrestling for the past uh, year. And like, I know Japan's loosening their uh, travel laws, like with COVID, which uh, <laughs> I don't know why they are, but you know, like that might make it uh, easier for him to uh, do these crossovers. Yeah, it feels like everybody's loosening their uh, uh, COVID-related stuff right now, so. We'll see you all in the next wave. It's mm. probably about April and May uh, when everything gets locked down again. Uh, we look forward to seeing you. Speaking of traveling, uh, we have the main event was our Sammy Guevara, who loves to travel constantly on vacation. It seems like, uh, and Darby <laughs> Allen. I have a very Good obvious ba- like bias towards Sammy. I do not care for Darby <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Sammy was just in Brazil, which is like one of the worst, probably one of the less 
best place to go traveling during COVID times. <laughs> was it Austin who didn't like the the rib selling? Um, no, it was, was CB. CB? Like, yeah. Sold yeah. the knees most of the last night. I was say it was his knees, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. Like you're trying to sell that he's wounded <laughs> and all that stuff, but they've been going to that well for Sandy Guevara since like the last three months. It feels like, yeah. and I'm just kind of over it. Uh, not to rehash that, but that's just to bring it back up to uh, everyone back up to speed. <laughs> no, I feel like they need to do something else with him for sure. Like I don't feel like he has enough of a story besides just like everyone's gonna challenge him now, and that's just what mm-hmm. that what, that's what everything's gonna be. <laughs> I will say, like, CB, though, like, um, this match, what we were watching is like, oh, man, CB, you'd love this match. He didn't sell, he didn't sell <laughs> rips at all. Like, he wasn't doing any rips selling. There were no tape around it. It was just his knee. Like, that's where a Darby attacked was the knee, which makes sense as his finisher's knee-based finisher. But I think, uh, to uh, Rhea's point, like, they did, like, at the end, do, like, a storyline. Because, I mean, it's Andrade wants... To, TNT title and it's becoming involved in the Sting feud and the Darby feud and uh, oh man we didn't like even talk about like the uh, House of Black promo like that happened where they were hyping up a new member of the House of Black uh, and, Julia uh, Hart Julia Hart Julia, Julia Hart. Hart but like their judgment and like you'd see a person in the background and that might be um, the rumor mill is it's uh, Buddy Murphy from the like I forget what his name is now his indie name now but like he can be the judgment card because they're doing like the tyrants and stuff but Julie could still be a part of that <laughs> yeah, I hope it's either of those two you said and not Bray Wyatt because this <laughs> Malachi Black when they let this dude like do his promos it's just like high school poetry nonsense like they don't need to sign Bray because they've got him already and he yeah. can actually do like cool martial yeah. arts moves it's just like yeah. super embarrassing where it's like building up a feud and he's like ah oh, the night strikes out um, darkest when the moon is at the full it's just like Dutch Satan this Dutch Satanist just talking about his like tarots and stuff and no offense to anybody who like does tarots obviously or astrology or any other um, mystical thing like I know like Naokai's legit Satanist that's like his he has a lot of lore it's like the funny thing was that's the reason like he he, he likes AEW because when he brought his lore book they told him no on things whereas WWE wouldn't just they would just uh, do the uh, turn around run around with him on and stuff like oh this idea sounds cool but uh they just then doing while Tony Khan was to say no, fuck that sounds stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> like he feels very controlled in that. But like we're getting back. To, um, get back to the match itself. Like I thought this was a really solid match. I like the uh, the uh, bumps Darby was taking. These very stupid, but like not dangerous bumps. He makes them look dangerous, and sometimes the, he, they are dangerous because he's an insane. He doesn't have any wear for off his own body or stuff. But like. He was doing some gnarly bumps. Um, finish was like Andrade comes out, so it's like obviously that's like the setup for the next feud. Who knows? Like maybe he'll get the TNT belt. That might be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. A, I mean, 
It was cool for Andrade to come out to set up for the next bit, but like I wasn't a big fan of finishing on that after such a like what felt like a good match, just like yeah, ending there felt yeah. weird. Yeah, just doing it like it was almost like a WWE finish where they like hit the, like he hit the uh, iPad on him and did that type of uh, distraction finish, which is AEW doesn't do as much, so it's kind of notable they do that, but like. See where I go. I can give enough benefit of the doubt. That's what AEW. That's the benefit they have. They benefit of the doubt. I always feel like they can do some of these like things that are just so commonplace and like the Fed and stuff. But like, yeah. Any other thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. I think we're in a good place to wrap it up. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Does anyone have anything to pitch? <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. Uh... Um, Austin, we wish you well in your future endeavors. Welcome Gabe the cat to the team. <laughs> yeah. I would uh, I would bring up the uh, Patreon. Like, I set it up recently. It's their first bonus content was released. It was an article by me about just my journey into professional wrestling fandom. It's a very long rambly, like, discussion of, like, where I started in like 2006 to where I am now and just like some anecdotes of where I am. I wish Patreon, uh, this is a little mini rant on this, was like, it was kind of like weird that I couldn't like add images to uh, my like medium, like like a long paragraph after paragraphs. Like I wish I had some pictures here, like just spice it up a little bit. And, like I couldn't figure it out, so. Yeah, we should hopefully have some bonus content soon, like 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 the uh, five dollar tier. Like have some like discussions, like what CB brought up, or any discussions really. <laughs> yeah, uh, keep an eye out for the next uh, DSA Wrestling Caucus newsletter uh, <laughs> that will be included in Democratic Left. Um, <laughs> uh, our boy uh, Zach will have uh, an article soon in that. The inside that scoops. wonderful publication. Um, they never publish yeah. bad takes there. <laughs> oh no, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if Maria or DQ you have anything like with work organizing work to talk about. <laughs> Go for it, DQ. I got nothing. Well, Maria and I are going to see um, fucked up tomorrow. Um, we're going to be. Will be uh, well. This show will be out after it, but we're gonna be tabling. So support fucked up on their tour. Uh, support Street Watch. Look us up on the internet. We'll <laughs> Not see to everyone. Bring it down too too hot there. <laughs> Bye everybody. 